Drive Time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to a Victory Monday edition of the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, the Dolphins roll in the nation's capital, 45 to 15. You know what time that means it is. And the Dolphins do win going away, 45-15. They improve to 9-3 atop the AFC at the moment of recording this podcast late on Sunday night before the Chiefs and Packers have a chance to do battle. The best start for the Dolphins since 2001. We'll break down this victory. We'll do the play-by-play. We'll do the five big-picture takeaways, the play before the play, and thoughts from Tua and Mike McDaniel. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. I want to go ahead and start here with a commentary from Tua Tungavailoa following today's victory up in Washington because I think it's instructive for how the team is wired, for how the quarterback is wired, for how he's grown in his fourth year into this leadership role, and something that Coach and Tua and Tyreek and all the players and this podcast have been talking about on Twitter, on these airwaves, wherever you can find your Dolphins content from me, been talking about how this team has a special aura to it and the ability, if they can execute and get things accomplished, to accomplish lofty heights and the ultimate goal, right? I want to go ahead and play this sound here from Tua Tungavailoa, who was asked after the game about the way the guys worked this week and a follow-up question to the question that I posed to Mike McDaniel, I think it was on Friday, when I asked him, what did you learn about last year that was instructive for this year being at this point? The first weekend in December, 11 games into the season, you're 8-3 and three in both marks. What was last year instructive towards this year, and how can you guys get better from that? The follow-up question was, well, you had mentioned, or McDaniel had mentioned, that Wednesday and Thursday's practice had uh, intentionality to them and a locked-in focus. And even after the game today, McDaniel said that it doesn't matter who the opponent is, the guys approach every day the same way. And that can often be like lip service where it's you know not necessarily... I guess, taken at face value when it's said across the league, but it's pretty difficult to ignore the results you get in accordance with what coach said there. So I want to go ahead and play this audio from Tua, who talked about how locked in this team is right now. Yeah, I I think everyone is locked in. I think everyone is starting to handle their their job, Um, uh, not more seriously, but everyone's starting to do a little more um, you see guys staying a little longer, watching film together when uh, meetings that, you know, there's no meetings after practices on third down days. You see a lot of uh, position groups meeting um, and staying back a little longer. You're starting to see a lot of guys staying out on the field a little longer as well. So um, I, I think that's what Mike is seeing is everyone, everyone knows that we can do something special this year. And uh, every, like no one on our team is, is trying to waste that opportunity. It was cool because Seth and OJ on the postgame show had a perspective that I wasn't aware of back from OJ's playing days when they called them extras week. When you had a big game, you would do extra stuff. But this team getting ready for a four and eight football team this week has already adopted that mindset. I just think it's a very, very special place to be. And uh, let's go ahead and rip off the stats here from this game real quick, which aren't quite as impressive as you might think. I know that might sound, again, like we've raised the standard to a certain point that we don't appreciate what good stats look like, but I just thought that the the 
stat sheet would be a little bit more lopsided, but the explosive plays can change that a little bit. I digress. From a game perspective, Miami had 20 first downs to Washington's 11. Miami was 7 for 13 on third downs. Washington was 6 for 14. But that, again, was a lot like last week where the Jets got a lot of their third down conversions late in the game when you're not really pressing the issue defensively up by multiple scores. Dolphins were 2 for 2 on fourth down. 1 for 1 on fourth down was the Commanders. Miami had 406 to Washington's 245 yards. That includes 283 through the air versus just 107. Good stuff from the Miami defense there. 123 rushing for Miami, 138 for Washington. Miami only had five more plays than Washington, which again, the explosive nature of the Dolphins offense can do that sometimes. We'll talk about this a lot in the podcast tonight. No giveaways for Miami. One takeaway, no sacks for Miami with another cobbled together offensive line combination that changed in game once again. So no sacks again, a, a credit to those guys, a credit to Butch Berry, a credit to Tua Tungavailoa because sacks are definitely a QB stat and he keeps those things low week in, week out. Two penalties for 15 yards. We sacked Washington three times, by the way. Sam Howell got dumped three times in the game. Two penalties for 15 yards, three for 31 for Washington. Hats off to the officials for keeping their uh, hankies in their pockets. And then 32 minutes and 16 seconds time of possession for the Miami Dolphins in this one. I want to go ahead and play another soundbite here as we're going to hear from Coach McDaniel talking about the special nature of Tua Tungabailoa and Tyreek Hill and what they're doing for you know record books, for team records, the potential league records they're looking to set this year and marks that are you know all time in that regard. So let's go ahead and hear from Coach on how special 1 and 10 are and how much fun they've made our lives as Dolphins fans. I think they're tremendous players that can make plays on their own, for sure, um, without. But together, the, the important thing for this team is, you know, that, that you're seeing the best selves of both players while playing together. So I think that's, for me, um, the way I, I, I know they're elite players, but, um, you know, working together they're they're finding um you know two is able to be super aggressive in certain windows because he trusts um what Tyreek's going to do Tyreek's able to be super aggressive because he trusts to his field vision and knows that um if he's putting a ball up in the air a little bit over the middle um to just track it and catch it because two is not going to lead him in hard harm's way so uh the the aggressiveness they are or they they play with um, is is very unique and just uh, you know their their ability to uh, make plays together that other people um, can't I think is 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 why they're they're is the result of both of their numbers it's they're they're independently awesome um, but together they're even better. How about some more just Tua and Tyreek stats? So Tua's 141 passer rating in this game was the second best of his career. His best was back in week three versus Denver. Uh, again, the Dolphins started their eighth different offensive line combination, did not allow a sack and allowed just two QB hits in the game. Miami's 30-point victory was the largest on the road since 1978, a 42-0 win over Baltimore. Kind of getting away from the Tua and Tyreek stats here. Let's go ahead and get back to that. He's the only player, Tyreek, since at least 2000 to have two games in the same year with multiple receptions of 60 yards in that same game. He had two today and two against the Giants back in week five. (laughs) Crazy, crazy stats there. Let's see what else we got here. Tyreek is the first player in NFL history with five plus games of 150 yards receiving plus a touchdown 
in the same season. He is now the first Miami Dolphin to have 12-plus receiving touchdowns in a season since Mark Clayton did in 1991. Remember, Chris Chambers had 11 back in 2005. Uh, Let's see, what else does Tyreek have? He's topped 150 yards receiving for the 16th time in his career. That ties Julio Jones for the fourth most. Jerry Rice had 30, and then Lance Allworth and Terrell Owens both had 17 apiece. My goodness, Rice was a different cat, wasn't he? Uh, Most 100-yard receiving games in a season for a Miami Dolphin. Tyreek Hill's eight are the... Now tied for Mark Duper for the most. Last year he had seven. That was third in the Nash- in the Miami Dolphins history. He also has, let's see, three 100-yard games in a row. He's the first Dolphin to do this since Chris Chambers back in 05. It's the second longest 100-yard game streak by a receiver in team history. Pretty good stuff there. I mean, it's 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 uniform across the board for these guys for the production they've had with Cheetah and, and, and Tua and the offense. Just a lot of fun to watch. Tua also extended his 21-game passing streak with a touchdown to 21 games. He now trails only Dan Marino with 30 uh, as far as Dolphins' all-time record. So good stuff there. Let's go ahead and get to the story of the game. And it started early on defense, as it seems to always do for the Dolphins. They get a quick stop of the commander's offense. And I was really impressed with how David Long flew around the football field in this game. And it began on the first play of the game where he fit his gap and stuck the running back. And I always like to see what happens at collision with the running back and the fullback. Does he, or the running, the linebacker, I should say, does he fall forward or does he get put back? And when David Long arrives, it typically goes back in the direction. You also had a Sam Howell, like errant pass on this drive because Jalen Ramsey drove out of his backpedal on an out route. And I think maybe had that thing in his crosshairs for a potential pick the other way. And Howell like kind of let go of the ball mid throwing motion and the ball just kind of skipped out and uh, went off to the you know to the ground and then we got good pressure but Sam Howell does what he's done all year and, and scrambled made a big play and uh, threw the ball to the sideline McDaniel challenges the play it looked like at first glance that Jahan Dotson was out of bounds but he was not the play is upheld the commander stay on the field but then we get Cater Kohu with a run blitz to shut that thing down Brandon Jones drives on a flat that creates a third and eight and then Miami operates from this look that we haven't seen much from this team this year in the past a whole heck of a lot but a simulated pressure look with a zero cover zero and like an all-out blitz but we did have Van Ginkle peel out and Sam Howell looked confused by that which of course a young quarterback against this defense Gosh, this defense has been impressive and they looked like it today, but they can certainly put the screws to a young quarterback and kind of confuse them. And of course, on that blitz, who else besides Brandon Jones, who got a bunch of run today playing in for the injured Javon Holland. Great to see him getting pressure on the quarterback and just this. I thought this drive set the tone for the game for the Dolphins defensively that we're going to have different looks. We're going to hit hard. We're going to force you out of the pocket. We're going to force you into some tough throws. And they got one first down, but that was it. And Miami gets the football back. And what do they do besides a, a check down from Tua to Waddle that I just thought was instructive of Tua's game today? The way he, I watched the Patriots game at three o'clock in the morning the other night because my son was awake. And that's what happens when you are a parent of a one-year-old is you watch Dolphins games at three o'clock in the morning. And uh, I was watching the week two Patriots game. And I just thought the way that Tua got from like, interior of the field, boom, boom, down the field, and then quickly to his check down to the, to the swing route, to the perimeter route, to his running back was like really clean operationally. And I thought he got right back to that in this game. It was so smooth. And it started off on the very first play of the game to get the ball to Waddle quickly for five. Raheem gives you a three yard run and that creates a third and short. And what I've been, what I talked about all week last week, right? How paramount those slot fades to Hill and Waddle in the Jets game were going to be for this offense going forward. And like, I thought that would mean more throws in the middle of the field because you have to peel your coverage off, maybe go Patriots three safeties look, but the commander said, bet, we'll try that again. 
and they got beat twice for two long touchdowns. This one, a 78-yard touchdown where, again, Tyreek is the two to the field, the uh, second furthest out receiver, and he just gets inside or the, the corner's outside leverage. There's no safety help. He runs with a nasty little move, a little hesitation step at that corner, and Tua puts the ball right on the money. And they talked about this after the game, Tua and McDaniel did, about the ball placement and about checking to this play and having conversions that they can go to, you know, in play before the snap goes off. And after the 15 second, you know, clock ticks off that McDaniel can no longer communicate with Tua and his helmet, they talked about all the side adjustments and the preparation, the work that goes into this and how much time Tua and Tyreek put in together. And let's go ahead and hear from McDaniel first on that first touchdown because he was so impressed by so many things that had to occur to make that play happen. So you're talking about command of um, really the game, um, what's going on, when to, when to be aggressive, when not to. You know, I, uh, it didn't surprise me, um, but, you know, I think that this was something that really the whole team knew Tua was going to come out and have a day like this um, with, the, with the way that he operates and um, the way he'd been frustrated about turning the ball over. So um, to, to be that aggressive while having that, um, you know, that burden of frustration um, is exactly what you, you hope for with your, with your starting quarterback. We have to um, learn from things and have lessons, not scars. And, and you know, the, the connection between Tua and Tyreek um, uh, in terms of two players playing together is about as good as I've ever been around. Um, hence, hence their, the, the, some of the plays they're able to make each and every week. Sure loved hearing Coach talk about his teammates, Tua's teammates, and how confident they were that he was going to come out and have a performance like this one because of just the way he's wired. And I think you sense that confidence and that bravado he shows at the podium at press conferences and the way he plays the game on Sundays is fearless, and I love it. Let's go ahead and hear from Tua on the placement of that first touchdown pass, the long one, 78 yards to Tyreek Hill. On that play, um, specifically, the ball is designated to go at a certain spot um, with what we tell our receivers. And on that play, the ball, um, they were to, Tyreek was to expect the ball on the inside edge of the numbers. Now I can bleed him in more, um, but I, you know, I, I try to throw him away from, from the middle of the field safety. So if you go back, it landed on the inside edge of the numbers, um, but phenomenal, phenomenal job by what Tyreek did. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough to do. That is tough to do, especially going as fast as he's going. It's tough. It's remarkable. Seth and OJ were really hyping me up in the post-game radio because we heard that quote from Tua, and when they played the play back from the end zone angle, I was saying, I think Ty- I think Tua is supposed to put this ball right on the number, and you kind of saw Tyreek adjust at the last moment. He runs right underneath it. Just that coordination and, and the synchronicity those two guys have shared have really taken this passing attack to the next level, man. It's, it's, it's awesome to watch. Uh, we're pretty deep into the podcast. We're two drives into the game. Let's go ahead and take our first break right there, come back on the other side, do the rest of the game story, and then we'll go ahead and pick it up in segment three with the five big picture takeaways. All of that next here on a Victory Monday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. So we are early first quarter here on the recap of the Dolphins 45 to 15 win over the Washington Commanders to improve to nine and three. And currently at the time of the recording, sitting atop the AFC, if the Chiefs win this game tonight, they'll be second in the AFC ahead of Jacksonville and Cincinnati on Monday night, which will dictate whether Miami is second or third in the AFC going into week number 14. Got it? Okay. So the commanders get the football back after the long touchdown pass from Tua to Tyreek Hill, which by the way, haven't covered this yet. Tua 18 for 24 on the day with 280 passing yards. That's 75%, 11.7 yards per throw, two touchdowns, a 141 passer rating, and Tyreek five for 157 for two touchdowns on this day. And the defense came right back out swinging after that. Zach Sealer gets immediate pressure inside to force Sam Howell off his spot. How good was Zach Sealer in this game, man? He was just vicious with his rushes, quickly penetrating inside the long arms that always seem to benefit him for leverage creation. Just a fantastic game from him. And then Cater had a couple of good reps, one in coverage on the tight end, forcing Logan Thomas into a tough diving catch that he could not make. And then you get Van Ginkle, an out-and-out pass rush win that gets to Sam Howe. And I believe it was Chubb and Sealer that finished him off of the sack on that play. So Miami... You know, we'll talk about the depth of the team here pretty soon, but Miami just finding hits and pieces all over this defense, all over this team in general to has to have success. Dolphins get the football back and they kick a field goal with a Devon Achan pop pass with burst that we know about, right? And you can just see the difference in his burst and the way he finds those small creases, but also runs through contact. Like he's a physical dude in the way that Raheem Mostert with a 4-3 speed, you don't expect it maybe. Raheem's a lot bigger of a guy, but the physicality is there, man. And we saw that with how this team ground the commanders into a pulp in that fourth quarter. You get a stick to waddle between a trio of defenders for 16 yards on third and four, which I thought Miami's third down operation across the board, whether it was running game, passing game was superb in this game. And in fact, Miami's now 18 for 29 on third down in the last two games combined. But I thought that was a great throw to kind of settle waddle into a window of space compared to the three commanders that were in that area and Tua just had that in his bag all game long right but also the attention that A-Chan got on the route there was something that caught my eye you get a 10-yard run from Raheem then we start going backwards and get ourselves behind the chains but the play before the play today was the third and 17 drag route that Jalen Waddle ran the shallow crosser where we got 12 yards to put Jason Sanders in position for a 48-yard field goal and Waddle got all kinds of good blocks put a good move on the first defender and then dropped his shoulder and ran through a tackle to put himself you know short of the sticks but in range inside 50 yards for a field goal which Sanders hit and then the defense comes back out and gets an immediate three and out as Christian Wilkins man he made a play in this drive where he defended the front side shoulder but then was able to get backside of the 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 gap on the other side of the guy that was blocking him just impresses with plays like that all the time again sealer gets pressure on third down you get great rush lane integrity from both bradley chubb and andrew van ginkle forces a throw away boom commanders three and out miami goes three and out on the other side and waddle when he dropped that pass he had a block on a safety who had maybe the only angle on him and nobody else did and i think he might have ran to the end zone on that play if he caught that ball but either way no harm no foul they also had a negative run after that so just an ugly drive and those are going to happen through the course of a game then the commanders get the football back and what do we do on the first play but Andrew Van Ginkle pick sixing Sam Howell he's got a fumble six in his career the long one against the Rams 
four years ago. He has a punt blocked return for a touchdown. That was Jalen Phillips's block against Chicago last year. And now he has a pick six and this one off Sam Howell. This time he just works down the line on a now throw. Catch rock throw from Sam Howell. Get yourself in the passing lane, catch the football, and he's off to the races with the beautiful blonde hair flowing in the wind in Landover for six. Dolphins take a 17-0 lead. We'll hear more about that from Coach McDaniel later on. So the commanders of the football back, and they have their best drive of the game going down the field where Ogba had a great play for a sack where he played through the right tackle with power and overwhelmed him with the right-hand stab and just kind of, again, played through him with power for that sack. But then we lost Contain on the outside on a big Brian Robinson run, so it was a little bit giveth and taketh there on that particular situation. And then the play that Jerome Baker got injured on, which, by the way, Bake tweeted tonight, uh, don't worry about me, Dolphins fans. I'll be back sooner than you think. That's obviously a great sign, but he got uh, Curtis Samuel on a wheel up the corner, and then Brandon Jones came over to make the play at the pylon and took out Baker at the knee, and he had to leave the game after that. But the commanders get into the end zone three plays later for their only touchdown of the half, and they're one of two in the game. And then Miami gets the ball back, and what do they do but answer, man? It's the last drive before the half, and the Dolphins had the football coming out, so they dominate the middle eight minutes of the game, which is obviously something that all great teams do and Miami did it in this one you get first of all Julian Hill had a jet motion kick out block where he sent a man all the way over to Baltimore and then we had just consistently you know third down conversions once again third and seven to a 60 yards to Tyreek Hill uncorks this dime a beautiful in-flight adjustment so baseball references right I used to play infield and outfield in my younger days and head whips were a drill we ran every single day where you would track the baseball over one shoulder and then flip back the other way and locating the ball in air taking your eyes off it is not at all easy in fact McDaniel explains it here in just a second but these deep shots man to a slide away from pressure how good was his pocket presence all game long in this one just kind of subtly moving away from where pressure might be get to a clean platform platform uncork that thing celebrate with six in the roller coaster right after the fact let's go ahead and hear from mcdaniel on that second touchdown and the rare depth perception something you will never hear you haven't heard before probably from a coach uh, the depth perception of tua to recognize where safeties are on the field i love this answer here from coach the second touchdown was it was he threw it to the right spot, um, and it wasn't the exact coverage that we planned on on doing that, but the the depth perception that Tua has down the field is pretty rare, so he can really feel when a when a post safety is um, not at the depth they, they need to be, and for him to be able to do that um, under a, a hair of duress is um, why, why he's – He's doing some special stuff on on the football field. All right, so I lied. That was not the drive at the end of the half there because the Dolphins went down and scored again, but after the Commanders punted the football right back to Miami with, again, more Zach Sealer pressure. And how about Duke Riley making a handful of plays in this game in place of Jerome Baker? He was fantastic on the screenplay on third and a mile where they had dumped Sam Howell the previous play, and then Duke Riley comes in and forces an incompletion on a screen that's supposed to be like a gimme 10-yard play, right? But Duke saw it all the way and knocked that thing down for, for no game incomplete pass Miami gets it back and they go to the eight minute well really four minute offense here but back-to-back drives with Raheem physical runs and they get themselves behind the sticks with a negative play that puts it at second and 12 but then you get a third and six throw from two of the Tyreek where again fantastic throw with with Tyreek going up over his head to make the catch you had like 
kind of a high-low concept with Tyreek and Jalen, and Tua just saw it, felt it, put it right in the window, right on time, just cooking in this game all game long. Really fun to watch him do that. Then you get a third and 12 play in the red zone where Tua, again, gets trouble off the spot, has to scramble and move, and finds Waddle for 17 yards and another first down, and then just a couple of plays later, Devon Achan, or rather Raheem Mostert goes in for another touchdown for him. 31-17 at the break. Miami comes back out of the break and goes down the field and scores yet another touchdown where you get two runs, put you in position for a third and two. And then Tua finds Tyreek on the shortest completion of the day to him for like four yards on a mesh concept, which I thought was brilliant because the commanders were in that man coverage. You run a mesh and you bump off that middle linebacker, wide open throw in the middle of the field, move the chains, stay on the field. And then A-Chan gets going and just continues to make plays. A really cool swing pass where he breaks a tackle and gets a bunch of extra yards. Finds River Craycraft for a big first down. Tua just, there was a comment in the game that Mark Schlereth talked about with Tua changing up his footwork for throws to Tyreek and Jalen compared to his throws to Cedric or River or Berrios. Just really cool nuance there to Tua's game that we saw all game long in this one. He evades a rusher again for a strike to Julian Hill on third down. Just amazing suddenness in the pocket. A free runner right in your face. Whoop! Right around it. We saw that all the time in college. You're seeing it now for the Miami Dolphins as well. And then Devon Achan goes in for another touchdown run, 38-7. And that's about when you took the will of the commanders. Although they did get a touchdown and two-point conversion on their next drive. Dolphins punt the football right back and just missed Tyreek on a corner route. I thought it was two was like one miss of the day. Like a little bit late on the throw to the corner. Otherwise, could have been a third and long conversion. Doesn't happen. You put the ball back in the commander's hands. They miss a field goal after a very nice open field tackle from Nick Needham on third down. Dolphins get it back and punt the football back. Commanders go three and out. And then Miami marches down the field with Mike White at quarterback. Hand the football off the entire way. A-chain, just slippery as hell, finding creases, moving people off the line of scrimmage. I thought Rob Hunt had pancake blocks for days in this game. I thought Austin Jackson got surge. Liam Eichenberg's playing the best football of his career, and it just looks fantastic. Connor Williams. I thought Keon Smith had some good work. I thought Lester Cotton had some good blocks on this drive as well. Just this team is, is clicking right now, man. It's fun to watch as they put this victory in the back pocket, 45-15 to 15 with just dominance across all phases. Speaking Speaking of that, let's come back on the other side and talk about five big picture takeaways we learned from this victory up in Washington, D.C. That's next Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dolphins roll in Washington with a 45-15 victory. Let's go ahead and take a look at the five big picture takeaways I have from this one. And I wrote that this was the most complete team victory since... And I wrote the Houston Texans game last year, but that one didn't finish strong because the second half was not Miami's best performance. Somebody mentioned the Denver game back in week three and like 70-20, yeah, that's pretty clearly the answer. But I would contend that you gave up a kick return for a touchdown in that game and the Broncos moved the ball pretty well in the first half of that game. Whereas in this time, this game, like 
you never felt as though Washington was really going to consistently mount a threat against this Dolphins defense. They once again, for the, what is it, fifth week in a row now, were locked down on the defensive side of the football. Offense had passing game early, run game late, everything clicking there, third downs, quarterback play, your top receivers, your role guys, your the offensive line, like everybody got in on the victory today and showed their metal, showed their depth, showed their toughness, and just came out and played fantastic. Explosive plays, splash plays on defense, pass rush, coverage, run D, run game, pass game, red zone production, long drives, short drives, long field goal, good special teams work, only a couple penalties, complete game. We knew it was coming. We knew it was in there, right? We knew this team had that performance in their bag, and they showed it, and it could be a sign of things to come. And if it is... Buckle up, man. We're in for a fun ride here. Takeaway number two is that the solutions to teams taking things away, like the slot fade, for instance, are presenting Miami with more opportunities offensively to show you their versatility. So again, in that Jets game, we talked about it on the podcast a lot last week, how the Dolphins got them with those looks because of their ability to do multiple things offensively and really create indecision for the defense. And the commanders did with the hybrid man zone coverage, help to the boundary for Waddle, slot plays outside leverage. So Tyreek just runs right by him on the inside and Tua drops it in. And those are too easy, but they're not always guaranteed when you get them like that. And we just don't miss them. We have now 10 plays of 50 plus yards on the season. I believe the Chargers were second with five coming into the game, and I haven't looked at their box score, but they only had six points in their game, so I'm assuming Miami now has double the second-place team in terms of 50-plus yard plays. Then, of course, the 60-yard touchdown to Tyreek just uncorks this thing with, like, super crazy anticipation. Let that thing out there. Puts it right into the breadbasket, handoff 60 yards down the field for an easy touchdown there. And this team just continues to find multiple ways to win. I think the A-chan's presence and insertion back in the lineup creates another element this team, the defenses have to deal with from a not just a vertical stretch aspect, but the horizontal stretch because you just saw the urgency they felt when he had the ball on the perimeter in the same way that they filled it with Raheem Mostert. But man, HN, a second guy like that, it is it is rare. It is nice. Let's go ahead and hear from Tua actually on how he approaches throwing the deep ball because of the two guys he has and Tyreek and Jalen and not just the deep ball, but in general, having those two guys to go to. I love this answer about how I want to make sure that those guys are completely covered before I cross them off my list in the progression. You know, uh, nothing's nothing's starting to surprise me anymore um, in this league. Um, you know, some people will will do what they they deem is best for their matchups within their coverages of the defense. And um, you know, sometimes you'll get looks where you've never seen them on film against our team, um, and it's because it's just specified for our team with how they want to play us. But um, I, I don't think anything really surprises me. Uh, whether they cover Tyreek, whether they want to man him. Um, I'm just going to really make sure that they're covering either him or Jalen or any of our guys before I start moving on in my progression. And of course, the other part of that that's great is him talking about how teams just play them in a way that's different because they, they don't like this Dolphins offense is so one of one in the NFL right now that you have to play it differently. Number three, the defensive dominance continues and like, it almost felt like the defense was kind of taking the team back a little bit after the offense kind of put their stamp on the early part of the season. But we've also seen plays both ways up and down the year. Even the victories early on, the defense closing out you know, the early games, being the last one on the field to make the plays that got us in the, in the winner's circle ultimately. But 
gosh, this defense is clicking right now, isn't it? And it doesn't really matter. Like you can plug and play almost. It seems like with with injuries and guys that have gone down, and it's a good sign of the team's depth and the way they work together. But I thought Zach Sealer was maybe his best version of himself this season. Today, he was fantastic in both phases. I thought Kohu's run blitzing and tight coverage and just overall being a menace in the slot was on display. Christian Wilkins two gapping and penetrating and getting sack product or pass rush production as well as run defensive production. Jalen Ramsey just him and Xavier Howard that play the X made in the end zone to break up that pass. My goodness, what great ball skills that was. Uh, Ramsey just not really targeted like he usually isn't. If you do, you probably get picked off. Van Ginkle has a sack, has great rush line integrity, has a pick six. I thought Bradley Chubb played well off the edge. Raquan Davis, David Long was fantastic in this one. Like it, man, it was so good that they continue to just hold offenses down to minimal points and uh, they do it with different guys and they make splash plays like the one that Andrew Van Ginkle made. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach on Gink. Phenomenal. It was awesome. It was knowing knowing the situation. Um, you know, that's a that's a critical critical in allowing players to play aggressive is the preparation that, you know, is on on the shoulders of the coaches. And I thought um, when you have people, uh, when you have players that are prepared and locked in and know what the opponent's trying to do, um, you know, to be able to, to be able to aggressively, um, get in that screen lane is, is one thing. And then on top of that, to, for it not to be a PBU or a batted ball, but, a a, a catch in a, you know, it's a, it's a huge momentum swing. It's a huge play in the game. But my favorite part of that play is that it's not just showing up on Sunday. That that was um, stuff that we saw in practice, and they talk situational football or you know series start, um, earned first down, all, all of the different things that you, you can kind of get a beat on stuff and then shoot your guns when you um, when, when you have conviction that of preparation. It's funny what tape study will do for you, huh? Takeaway number four here: the depth is. Well, it's deep. I mentioned Andrew Van Ginkle. He was in place of Jalen Phillips today, who, again, Phillips tweeting out during the game is my new favorite thing, I think. It's cool to see him, you know, in good spirits and supporting the guys. Duke Riley, I thought, played really well in Jerome Baker's place. Brandon Jones, I thought, was awesome early on when the game was still, like, actually in the balance with those couple of plays early on. We'll watch the tape more for him tomorrow and see what what things went right there as well. Uh, Keon Smith comes into the game and has a really good space clearing seal off the edge for the A-chan run to finish things out. And, you know, he just looks like a guy that with the way he fires off the football is a fit in the system. And you can look at up and down the roster at this. It's a testament to Chris Greer, who has now five winning seasons out of eight as the GM of the Miami Dolphins. And if you really think about like in earnest when he was like, I, I don't want to say like fully in charge because he was always the GM, but to me in earnest, like his era kind of began in 2020 in a, in a lot of ways, you know, it's, it's not fair to cut out either part of that, but since 2020, four of those winning seasons and this roster just gets better every single year. And you have hits like Cater Kohu and undrafted free agency. You have Tyreek Hill trade, which is probably the greatest trade in Dolphins history. Like maybe Don Shula probably up there. Laramie Tunzel was also a trade executed by Chris Greer. Like the, the list is long. Ricky Williams is a good trade as well. But um, the the way this team has been established and the roster has been constructed, you can plug and play offensive line when they get injured. You've been down multiple running backs this year. You've lost Tyreek and Jalen for stretches of games in game and had no wallow for some of those games. Like they just find ways to win. It's a testament to how good this roster is and how great of a job Chris Greer has done and how good the coaching staff has done of getting guys ready who are not your typical starters. My fifth takeaway 
And this is my number one ask going into the game. You can ask Seth and OJ, play a clean game. And they did. No turnovers. Tua never put the ball in harm's way one time. There was no fumbles in the game. Two penalties for 15 yards. It was a sloppy field in December, and we were as clean, as buttoned up as we could be. We had one drop, some negative runs, but all things told, fantastic in this game. Let's go ahead and hear from Tua to close things out here on overcoming the turnovers that he has had recently, and I love this answer. Keep shooting, baby. Shoot or shoot. I just went out there and played the way I I normally play um, with, you know, having in the back of my mind certain throws, you know, should you throw it? Should you not throw it? You know, I, I made uh, had to make quick decisions on um, those. But uh, for the most part, um, I, I, I don't think you can go out there and, and be timid and expect to push the ball downfield and expect to score points that way. Um, so I just went out there and literally took what the defense gave me. Great way to end the show. Great way to end the first week of December. Here is the Dolphins improve once again to 9-3 with a 45-15 victory over the Washington Commanders. We'll be back tomorrow with the All-22 Review Podcast. Don't miss that. In the meantime, it's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff on Apple, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and follow me on social at Linkfield NFL and the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out my guys Seth and Juice on the Fish Tank Podcast, the YouTube channel for media availabilities, and Dolphins Today. Also have a breakdown coming up on Jalen Ramsey this week. You don't want to miss that. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Carolina Cameron, Daddy, is coming home.